This is Real Health Chats, real talk about health issues important to you and your family. I'm Dr. D. And I'm Becky, the doctor's wife. Welcome to the show. This is Episode 2, Osteoporosis. Nothing we say should be taken as medical advice. For specific questions, please talk to your doctor. What is osteoporosis? Osteoporosis is a medical condition uh, that has to do with the bones and is defined as low bone density, and it's associated with increased risk of fracture. Okay, so are there any symptoms that help you know you have osteoporosis? There's not any symptoms of low bone density. Um, The main thing that happens that sometimes people discover it is when they have a fracture. When I hear about osteoporosis, it's primarily a women's health issue. Is that true or are men at risk as well? So it's generally true that women are at higher risk for osteoporosis, but there are some conditions that make certain men at higher risk. What are some of those conditions? So the risk factors for either early osteoporosis in men or women or uh, osteoporosis in men uh, would be advanced age, uh, previous low trauma fracture. And what that means is a fall or sitting down, something that you wouldn't particularly associate with a fracture that results in a fracture. What do you mean by advanced age? I just I just need to know where I'm at here, what my standing is. You're good. I'm not <laughs> going to reveal your age, but you're good. So advanced age would be, you know, in the 80s and 90s. That puts both men and women at increased risk okay. for osteoporosis. So advanced age, low trauma fracture, you sit down, break a hip, something like that. Okay, what else? Uh, So long-term glucocorticoid therapy. What? What did you just say? Uh, Glucocorticoids are uh, medications, they're steroid medications like prednisone, uh, methylprednisolone, prelone. Those are all examples. Um, Long-term use of those medications can lead to thin bones. Okay. All right. That makes more sense. Thank you. Uh, So other risk factors are low body weight. Uh, which typically is less than 58 kilograms or 127 pounds. What about women who have always had a low body weight then versus women who are losing weight as they age? Is there, is there a difference there? Is it, does it make a difference if a woman is starting to lose weight for whatever reason? The person at risk would be someone who has always had a low body weight. Okay, so they're at a higher risk. And the reason for that is they typically have lower peak bone mass. Uh, Peak bone mass is the maximum amount of bone that's developed in a person's life. And in women, that usually occurs around 30 years of age. Okay, so whatever we build up in our bone mass by around age 30... The stronger our bones, then the less risk of osteoporosis. That's right. So the peak bone mass is reached at age 30. And so after that, it really starts to go down. And so the more you, the more a person can do to increase that mass by that, increase that mass 
by that age, the better off they'll be. So really the over the hill mark for women, especially in regards to our bones is age 30. That's yeah, like a new I don't party think I'm thing. Confirm that. <laughs> okay, before we get into some more specifics on that, let's. Um, there are a few more risk factors for osteoporosis. Let's go through those. Sure, there is a family history relationship. So, if you had a parent who's had a hip fracture, you might be at increased risk for osteoporosis. And then, cigarette smoking, excessive alcohol intake, and Race and ethnicity also play a role. So uh, people who are Caucasian are at higher risk for osteoporosis than some of the other races. Okay, will you go through those one more time? Just, just make a list for us. Yes, and I think I forgot to mention probably the most important risk factor for women, and that's postmenopausal. So after menopause, bone density really starts to decrease at a more rapid rate. And so women in that category are at increased risk of fracture. So uh, in general, higher risk of osteoporosis is associated with being postmenopausal, uh, being older, previous low trauma fracture, long-term steroid therapy, uh, low body weight, parental history of hip fracture, cigarette smoking, excessive alcohol use, and race or ethnicity. Okay, great. Good list. I'm sure everyone was taking notes out there. All right, so how can we find out if we have osteoporosis or are starting to show some signs of it without a fracture? Is there a screening test that checks that? There is. The screening test that is used to actually determine the bone density is called a DEXA scan. And it's uh, basically an x-ray test that tests the density or the thickness of the bone, usually at the hips and the lumbar or the low spine. So part of the test also includes a statistical analysis of your bone density, and it compares it to what's considered normal. Uh, and you get a a score that correlates with your risk of fracture over the next 10 years. That's called a T-score. Um, and I don't know that we want to get into the specifics of those, but uh, that'd be something that your doctor would be able to uh, discuss with you on what your score is and what it means. Uh, so the important information here is that there's a test. It's an x-ray. It can be done to evaluate the bone density and compare that to normal and estimate a person's risk for fracture. It's like foretelling our future a little it, bit. It's not as complicated as I made it sound. <laughs> Basically, it's an x-ray, and if your bones seem not thick enough, you might have a fracture in the next 10 years. That's a much better way to explain it, yes. Okay. Good job. So who needs to be screened? Is there is there an age? We've talked about some different health screenings in another episode. Is there an age... Um, or and does that age change if there are risk factors present? Women over 65 are eligible for a screening DEXA scan. And then anyone who falls into the risk categories that we mentioned earlier uh, would also qualify for a screening uh, DEXA scan. Then we have another tool. Uh, it's a risk assessment calculator, something like a FRAX score. That is a questionnaire that takes into account 
uh, all the risk factors a person might have and then gives that person an estimated fracture risk over the next 10 years. When would that be done? Is that still at age 65 or say, what if I had a, my mom happened to have broken her hip at age 58? It could at 55, could I talk to my doctor about doing that earlier? Yeah, you can talk to your doctor about this at any age if you think you might be at increased risk for it. They can use an assessment tool and plug your numbers in and assess your risk. And if a person is at higher risk, then they would qualify to get a DEXA scan and see what the bone thickness really is. This is really good information to know because if you see that you fall into some of the risk factor categories, you're able to talk to your doctor ahead of time. If you're not, then you know you can wait until you're 65 and then go ahead and get the screening then. Right. And maybe you just learned that you are at increased risk by listening to what we've just said. So very important information. So what are some of the treatment options then? You take your, you do your screening and you find out that you have lower bone density. What are some of the treatment options? So I guess the first thing to discuss is who needs to be treated. If a person has a DEXA scan and they get a result that diagnoses osteoporosis, they should be treated because they're at increased risk of fracture. If the DEXA scan shows low bone density that doesn't meet the criteria for osteoporosis, then we rely on that risk assessment tool like the FRAX calculator. And if based on that assessment, a person has an increased risk of fracture, then we might still consider uh, treatment. The options for treatment are basically medications. There are multiple medications that work by different mechanisms. That is probably more than we need to go into here. That'd be something to discuss with your doctor to find out what would be best for an individual circumstances as far as treatment goes. But the best treatment might be prevention. Okay, so what can we do to prevent or at least lower our risk factors for getting osteoporosis? We talked earlier about peak bone mass being reached at age 30. So the best way to prevent or reduce your risk of developing osteoporosis at a later age is to reach the best peak bone mass you can. So we can achieve that by making sure we have adequate calcium intake and living a healthy lifestyle. What would be an adequate calcium intake? So for teenagers and adults, it'd be a thousand milligrams of calcium a day. Uh, it's a little different for younger children as they're growing and developing. Okay. So that's something we can find easily at any pharmacy or drugstore. We're getting enough calcium. What are some things in our healthy lifestyle that are specific to helping with prevention of osteoporosis? Healthy diet, good nutrition, adequate exercise to exercise the bones and muscles, avoiding smoking and avoiding excessive alcohol consumption. So basically all of the things you can find anywhere that says this is how to have a healthy lifestyle. It's true. It helps more than one condition. Eat good foods, get some exercise, don't smoke, and don't drink 
too much alcohol. Okay. Well, say there's someone in their 40s and 50s who they've already passed their peak bone density. What can a person in that situation do? The same things. Make sure you get adequate exercise. Make sure you're eating a healthy diet and then making sure you're getting adequate calcium daily would be the the most beneficial thing for bone health. Okay, so basically, if you're under 30 now, start now if you're not doing these things and help prevent or lower your risk of osteoporosis. If you've passed that over-the-hill bone density peak of age 30, then do the same things, and that will help lower the risk factor. Exactly. And the other thing to remember is it's always important to talk to your doctor about your specific situation because they're going to help you identify risk factors and decide if you need a bone density test early or maybe do the risk assessment calculator and see what your individual situation is. Why is this important for us to be thinking about? Well, that really is the big question here because we're not just worried about low bone density for the sake of it being low or normal. What we're really trying to do is prevent fractures in elderly people or maybe people who aren't so elderly. A fracture in an elderly person can be life-altering. It can change their life. It can change their family's life. It can take a person who was independent and either lead to their early death or send them to a long-term care facility, which can be life-altering. And that can be really hard for the people taking care of them, too, and for their families, and can lead to a lot of other problems. So if this is one thing that we can either prevent or at least reduce the risk factors for, then, then that makes it very important. Yes, if we can prevent a hip fracture in an elderly patient because they started taking calcium or they got their osteoporosis treated, then that is huge for the patient, the family, our healthcare system, everything. It's a huge win. So that's why this is important, not just for the sake of having normal bone density, but for the prevention of fractures and all of the cost. And consequences. And consequences of that fracture. So a few things we can do also, just I want to take a minute to talk about either ourselves, if we are falling into a more aging category, or an aging parent that we might have. Some other things that we can do, even if they haven't been diagnosed, or especially if they have been diagnosed with osteoporosis. Some things that we can do to help prevent also outside of just the knowledge of having osteoporosis. Things like making sure there are adequate railings in the home, if they have to use any stairs, even in the bathrooms or in the shower or the bathtub, making sure that there's railings there to not have rugs that are loose, that are easy to trip over, and also to encourage them to use their walker 
and then help them as needed. Any anything else that would be helpful in a in a home when we're talking about taking care of someone who's either been diagnosed or who could be at risk just due to their age? So those are all super suggestions and all true. Again, what we're talking about here is reducing the risk of fractures. And most of these fractures occur because of a fall. So we really want to reduce the risk of falls uh, for people who are at higher risk for these things. And those things you mentioned are exactly right. Making sure there's rails, making sure there's nothing people can trip on, uh, and helping to ensure that people use any assistive devices like a walker or a cane that they might need. The other things to think about, and I don't know who all is listening to our podcast, but I'm hopeful that we have people of all ages. And so you think about your situation and your family. You may be someone who's our age and have parents that are getting older. You may have kids and you may have grandkids. And so all of those people are affected by this issue. We need to make sure that our younger children are getting enough calcium intake. Usually that's best done dietary with dairy products. For our teenagers, especially our teenage girls who don't seem to drink milk much, they probably ought to be taking some extra calcium if they're not getting enough dairy products, either through cheese or yogurt or other things. Adults, we need to think about this too, and we may have parents that this really affects. So our invitation is to talk to your doctor, find out what your risk is, positive steps in your health to have a healthy lifestyle, exercise, eat healthy, so that that future fracture can be avoided. Because it's much easier to try and treat someone than to find them with a broken bone after a fall. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks for being here this week. We do put out a new podcast every week. Make sure you're subscribed to Real Health Chats, and please share it with your friends, anyone who you think might benefit from what you heard today or for anything in the future. You can also find us at realhealthchats.com, also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Ask us questions about anything you heard today. Send us your stories. Ask questions about subjects you'd like to hear from us. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again. We'll be back next week.